0: Welcome to the Julie Lawton Living Podcast, the place to get advice, tips, and tricks to building the life and luxury home of your dreams with 30-year business owner, designer, and builder, Julie Lawton. It all starts with a good plan. This is Julie Lawton Living. Welcome back to another episode of Julie Lawton Living. Today we're going to talk about how do you determine your budget. But before we get started, don't forget to check out my 7 Simple Steps. Just click the link below. It's the 7 Simple Steps to a Successful 5-Star Process. And it's a wonderful guide to tell you what's going to happen in advance. And if you go through the course, it's a free course, and just listen to everything and, and then you can also print it out and read it too. So it's the seven simple steps to a five-star experience. Just click the link below at Julie Lawton Living. Okay, so how do you determine your budget? Okay, first of all, you, have, you could have a budget because this is the only amount of money you have. So maybe you just have a certain number and um, then that's it because some people have a number, but then they also have a second number like, oh my God, I got to have that. So they do actually have the money to do it, but some people want to Try to put a budget on it. And some people have money and some people don't. So if you have a budget that you're fixed on that you can't exceed, you know, then you got to really go through the process of fine tuning way in advance. So, what I do with my clients is no matter what the budget is, we go through what needs to be done, like a thorough process of what's possible, what's not possible day one, like, and what's going to blow the budget and what's going to push them way over the budget. But we still go through the process because you want to know what's possible in case you haven't thought of something. And then that might change what you want. So I am, I'm very thorough about what can and can't be done to the house, according to the wish list. But the only way to actually get the budget is after that's done and you draw the plans, you have to have all your selections done. I'm talking down to the cabinet knobs, the flooring, the countertops. Do not even set a budget until the selections are done because every selection triggers something and then things could change. So the client needs to be put through that thorough process because there's nothing worse than, oh, I didn't think of that. And like, that's the designer's job. But if the client's not paying attention or trying to, you know, rush things also, or, you know, the change order process is brutal. If you're not, if you don't have your plans exactly completed with every detail before you bid, that creates a problem. So the secret to getting a budget is having complete plans. And then your budget is determined by what you want, but then the number has to be adjusted to what you can afford and what you wanna spend. So it's a process in itself, but it starts with having complete plans. Don't be guessing and estimating and giving allowances. Gotta have complete plans. So once you get this w- wonderful budget and you go through this beautiful process where you've covered everything and you, and then the, the right way to do it, because with my project, seriously, I don't start construction unless the client's done making decisions and has thought of everything. There's nothing worse than a client that shows up two weeks after demo and says, oh, I want to add a room on or, oh, can you put me up, you know, a lap pool in the backyard? You know, it happens, but we try to avoid that, but um, it has happened, but. So if the plans are perfect and you've gone through the process and it's a remodel, the next thing that could be a surprise, which no one likes to hear, is the unknowns. Because I don't have x-ray vision. Nobody else does. But sometimes after demo, there are things called unknowns that you don't expect to be there because we all expect things to be built technically right. And we can usually see water damage or termite and all this stuff from the surface or with a little poking around. The unknowns, which clients fight me on sometimes, because if the client's on a fixed like budget, like they you know want don't want to spend too much, it's difficult because you have to guess in advance what would cover it a little bit. But the unknowns, we can't avoid them, and everybody has them in a remodel. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that shows up that you never dream would be there. So that's something to be prepared for. So. They always say to put 10% on the the bid, you know, for the unknowns or the unexpected. So it's a pretty good number, you know, 10% works. Um, if it's more then that means something's really bad, but that should have been seen because, you know, if the house is falling apart, there's the unknown goes up more. But um, that's your guide is plan on 10% unknowns just because um, nobody has x-ray vision. But that's the only thing that should change the budget if you are good about your advance Planning. So another thing about the budget is, you know, when I first meet with people, for example, like the first meeting, like I, they're total strangers, they they want to tell me what they want to do. And then I tell them what's possible, not possible. And, and then I also estimate what it's going to cost right there the first hour. And how I do that is I put a square footage price on things. So it's easy to estimate a remodel or a new build based on square footage if you're ever curious how to run the numbers is you you could take your square footage if it's just an interior remodel and you're not changing doors and windows and doing an addition, you could put two hundred dollars a square foot on it. If it's an addition, you know, to the building like a brand new building, then you got to go up to four fifty or six fifty depending on the structure's materials a square foot. And then if it's a second story addition because the building's already there, you could do three fifty to four fifty a square foot. So all these numbers are good guidelines to give you an. Indication of what it might cost you, and then of course you have the plans that cost a certain amount, like a full-scale remodel. The plans could be one hundred and fifty thousand, you know, with engineers, and then you add that to the construction cost, which is based on the square footage numbers I just um, went through, and then that gives you a, a big, big picture number of what to expect. And if your budget isn't going to allow that, you need to not start. And you need to make sure that you reduce your scope of work because nothing's going to make the numbers go down. The numbers are what they are. That's what people don't understand. It costs what it costs. It's today's prices, and every sub's the same price. And if they're licensed, bonded, and insured. So be very important to run some numbers and base your. Expectations on what those numbers are, so you're not surprised. And then hopefully, those numbers you come in about the same, a little under, a little over, but they should be pretty close. Every job I do, we budget according to reality of the plans and my expert opinion of what I think it'll cost based on my experience of what I see the condition of the house is, what the client wants, and what I see is possible. So I do this effortlessly and quickly because I know what structural costs are and I know what can and can't be done to a building. So the thing is I always know what the number is day one. And then I always tell the client day one, but if they tell me they, if I tell them the projects 1.2 and they tell me they only have 650,000 or 350,000 to spend, I I just tell them, well, that's not going to happen no matter how many corners you cut. And how much you want that? Because a lot of people want their Ferrari, but they only can afford a you know Toyota. So the point is, you can't be delusional about the cost. Is the cost? So if you only have six fifty, you have to reduce your scope because you want it done right. So if you try to cut corners, it'll and go cheaper or hire cheaper people or, God forbid, go owner builder and do it on licensed contractors and on, and all that jazz, not only are you going to double your cost at the end, but you'll have to probably start over or hire someone to clean it up. So if you manage to survive that at the end of the day, you're probably going to spend the same money. So if someone tells you it can be done cheaper because you're cutting corners, you'll pay more in the end is my point. So it's better to know the real cost from the professional that's, you know, the licensed person that knows the business architects designers and contractors we all know what things cost because we've done it over and over but cutting corners is dangerous because you probably have to redo it or you or it'll fall apart a year later because if you don't do things right like we build things to last like it lasts 10 to 25 years and lifetime you know guarantees of um you know work because we maintain it if you do the right materials and you maintain them you have a lifetime of happiness if you do cheap materials, like the they call it the builder, um, you know the uh, the stuff like I hate to use the big box store stuff and melamine and particle boards. That stuff falls apart in five to seven years, if not ten years, and then you have to redo it anyway. So if you do cheap, you got to redo it. If you do quality, it lasts a lifetime, and then you just have to maintain it. But if you do cheap, you're gonna pay twice. So that's my point. Thank you for joining me in another episode of Julie Lawton Living Podcast. And we'll see you on the next one next week. And don't forget to check out my seven simple steps. Just click the link and go to the seven simple steps to a successful five-star experience for your remodel and your new build. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Julie Lawton Living. For more information or to connect with Julie one-on-one, visit com, And don't forget, it all starts with a good plan.